Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back once again with another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team, the Houston Texans, every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston, and and kind of disappointed yet again, got my hopes up, Cody Davis, along my partner in crime. And I'm your Locked On Texans analyst, John Hickman of Locked On Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by the good folks over at Bill Bar. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that is promo code locked on to get 20% off your next order on today's show of course a quick and brief game recap of Sunday's 41-38 last second loss by way of a field goal to the Tennessee Titans to complete the season sweep also where did the last second loss come from the defense and so we'll take a look into the defensive struggles from Sunday's matchup specifically the run game the offensive performances by Watson and Cooks, who was in the news over the weekend. And lastly, as a 4-12 season came to an end, our final thoughts of the season. Up first, the game recap. In a game where nothing was needed to be proven, Deshaun Watson wows us again. In this game, Watson threw for 365 yards. A yard for every day of the year. A yard for every day. This man has to go into work and put up with a lot of the BS that he has to put up with and still be great. 365 yards through the air, three touchdowns, and one interception. He ends his season leading the league in passing yards, throwing for over 4,800 yards, along with 33 touchdowns. Brandon Cooks, like I mentioned, who was in the news over the weekend, caught 11 catches for 166 yards and two touchdowns, I guess. That is his official stamp on don't trade me. David Johnson also put together a nice outing rushing for 84 yards on 14 carries with three catches for 36 yards to go along with it. Houston had over 450 yards of total offense and seven point yards per play. While the offense did everything in their power to spoil the home field advantage for the Tennessee Heading into the playoffs, Derrick Henry was just simply too much for Houston to handle. Derrick Henry is the first player in NFL history with 200 yards in three straight games against single opponents. He ended his game on Sunday with 250 yards, two touchdowns on 34 rushes, averaged 7.4 rushes per carry. The one thing that I'm very happy for that I won't be able to see anymore is the Texans run defense. A.J. Brown had an amazing day, 10 catches for 151 yards and one touchdown. And Ryan Tannehill, as ever efficient as he is, 27 attempts, 18 completions, 216 yards, one touchdown through the air, and one on the ground for two on the ground for 38 yards. It was just one of those days where when you thought Houston had an opportunity just to give fans maybe something coding listeners to hang on to heading into the offseason after an abysmal season. And I would say this is the second worst season in Texan history. Uh, They just, at the end, you're you're let down. You are let down. And, And first, like I mentioned, the defensive struggles, specifically in the run game, you allow uh, almost 300 rushing yards 
on Sunday. 250 yards to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry got the 2K. Shout out to him. Shout out to Locked On Texans. Locked On Titans, rather. That was a discussion that we had in our crossover show last Thursday. Uh, but Derrick Henry had a phenomenal game. He did exactly what I knew he would. That was go bonkers on the Texans defense that has struggled completely throughout this entire year. Have allowed multiple 200-yard games on the ground to uh, multiple teams. They're not good on defense. They're not good up the middle on defense. They're not good at securing the edge and setting the edge on defense. You have guys like J.J. Watt, who we saw multiple times on Sunday, who, by the way, is fed up. We'll discuss his his uh, return or lack thereof to Houston for the next year. We'll discuss that soon this week. But, you know, he did a bad job yesterday of cheating in and Whenever he cheated in, well, the offside was clearly open for running backs to run through. Well, you know, Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry to run towards, and that resulted in four touchdowns on the ground. It was just a bad day for that defense. And there was moments in that game where they created a turnover, you know, got a fumble. Zach Cunningham caused a fumble. Carlos Watkins recovered it. Carlos Watkins also had a sack in yesterday's game, so he came to play Charles Amine, who had a sack in yesterday's game. There was a moment in that game, just like the first time around against the Tennessee Titans, where you felt like, okay, maybe the defense will string together multiple series in a row to help this team walk out at home with a victory to end the season 5-11 and give some type of hope for next year. But time after time. You just crushed. The Titans complete the season sweep. Two phenomenal games by Deshaun Watson. In the end, let down by someone else. And this time it was the defense. And specifically, when I look at the defense, the lack of tackling. Uh, this team is a terrible tackling team. I think they missed the most tackles in the NFL. And I think Zach Cunningham may lead the league and miss tackles for an individual. They do a, a terrible job of wrapping up. They tackle too high. And, and a lot of times their mechanics are off. Uh, they they did a better job in this game throughout the course of the game pursuing to Derrick Henry. But overall, man, you cannot leave Keon Crossing in a one-on-one situation when you have the opportunity to go into overtime and get the ball back to Deshaun Watson. You can't leave him in a one-on-one situation with A.J. Brown can't do that. Uh, Anthony Weaver, you can't do it. Romeo Cornell, you can't allow that. There are certain things that cannot be allowed, but the problem has been, it's been allowed throughout the entire course of this 2020-2021 season. Well, if anybody would like to know what the Texans 2020 season was, I would just say, just watch the last game against the Tennessee Titans, because it was a game where they started out slow, just like they did throughout the season. It was a game where they were terrible against the run, just like they was throughout the season. They was terrible in pass coverage, just like they was throughout the season. And then at one point, Houston gave their fans and this city hope that things might be okay, that they can actually come out victorious. And then they found another way to lose. Even when they tied the game and it seemed like, okay, we might go into overtime. We might get an additional five minutes to come out victorious in this last and final game. Everyone knew that something bad was going to happen. 
I saw a lot of tweets, including myself. We all thought, okay, somebody is going to fumble the football. But instead, we got a field goal that hit the upright and for some reason found its way inside the goal. Look, John, you covered everything that needs to be said about the Texans defense, and I don't want to repeat stuff that we have been saying throughout this whole entire season. There's just nothing left to say about this defense. You want to talk about pass coverage? They was without three of their top guys, as we all know, but at the end of the day, like John McClain once said, there's no excuse because these are NFL players. You made it to this to this league for a reason. J.J. Watt may be possibly leaving after this year. That'll be a conversation we'll have for later in the week, but for later in the show coming up next, Deshaun Watson and the offensive performance that we saw on Sunday. But are we ready for football? Of course we're ready for football. There are three games on Saturday and three games on Sunday, and I'll be excited to watch all of them if I can. I know I'll be able to watch two on each day, but we're ready for football, right? The NFL regular season is over with. The playoff picture is clear. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, I got a secret. Listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. And with that being said, the last time you and I was on the show, we talked about how important these final evaluations would be for the younger players. But we failed to mention what this last evaluation can do for the veterans as well. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because Brandon Cooks was asked about his future with this team on Friday. And there is some sense around this organization that Houston may consider moving on from a couple of their veterans due to their need for draft capital and salary cap relief. Cook said he will not accept any more trades and he wants to stay with this organization. And I think his final game actually helped Brandon Cooks to remain with this team moving forward. John, as you mentioned, he put up a buck 66, which is a season high. And the chemistry that he has developed with Deshaun Watson throughout this season, we all know how important this offseason is going to be. And with that being said, there's going to be a lot of turnover with this roster. And especially on offense, Deshaun Watson is going to need somebody that he already has chemistry with. John, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but Brandon Cooks should remain with the Texans moving forward. The one thing I want to say about Deshaun Watson and how he went out there on Sunday and gave his team the final performance of 2020, uh, the season that he had was just letting every GM in the in the country know that, in the league know that, hey, uh, I'm a great reason for you to come here. But throughout the season, right, if we remember early, right before Will Fuller got suspended, the conversation of – uh, whether or not he's a number one receiver, uh, look what he's done with DeAndre Hopkins uh, compared to what he's done with Fuller. And then came the trade rumors uh, about him going to the Packers, right? 
and he felt like he was disrespected. And then he had the Detroit Lion game. Right. Do you remember that? Uh, then there was, okay, no Will Fuller. Who's going to step up, right? Randall Cobb is out. Brandon Cooks would be one of those guys we can count on. But who else? Kiki QT. Are we really going to be able to trust Kiki QT? What, what does he do? He goes out there and catches for over 100 yards. And then over the weekend, Brandon Cooks, who – Mentioned, I don't, I'm not going to be traded. You're going to have to release me, which, by the way, if the team wants to trade you, you don't have no trade clause in your contract. Yeah, I was kind of confused by that statement, but, by the way, I must say. I think for him, maybe it was his way of putting Houston on notice. And that's exactly what he did on Sunday. Like Deshaun Watson went out there and said, you know what, I, I really will need this guy for next year. All the hype for 16 games. We wanted to see Isaiah Kohler. Never saw him. We probably won't see him. Right? In this 4-12 and season with injuries to Randall Cobb, Kenny Steele's getting cut, uh, Will Fuller getting suspended, they brought in Chad Hansen, who had a phenomenal year to close it off personally, right? And he had, he had great moments. We probably, we, we probably won't see Isaiah Kohler. There's something going on in practice. Or maybe the coaches just understood that that was a bad pick and he was never meant to be on Houston, in Houston. Who knows? But with that being said, Cooks went out there and said, I am here to stay. Let's look at the situation. You have a Kiki QT who is very good and he had a very good game on Sunday. But there's a trust issue between he and the organization. I don't have that issue. I gave you guys a thousand yard receiver. There's also the, the understanding of Renner Cobb really does not have to be here moving forward. Can you move on from him on the books? Chad Hansen, as good as he's played, he was a practice squad player. With all that, you look around, not playing, you're not playing Isaiah Kohler. I am the one guy that you can bring back and understand that he can at least give us a thousand yards. He can beat players off the line with his release, quick release. He can win some double-team matchups because of how fast he is, as long as you put it out there for him to go get it. He definitely needs to be back. What he did yesterday was a statement saying, no matter what you do, you look around this offseason, you look around on this team, you look around on these contracts, they're going to be men that you want to move away from, move on from. I'm not one of those guys. And also, speaking of Brandon Cooks, he is the first receiver outside of DeAndre Hopkins and Andre Johnson to record over 1,000 receiving yards. So me personally, I'm truly hoping that he gets another opportunity to put on that Houston Texan jersey because I've always felt that he has been a little bit disrespected throughout his career. You know, I've been following him. You know, he started his season with the Saints. The next thing you know, they trade him to New England. Next thing you know, they trade him to Los Angeles. He had a very good first season in Los Angeles. And part of the reason why that the Patriots and the Rams both made it to the Super Bowl, he had a very strong contribution in their success. And yet he gets traded to Houston. So this is a guy who has always been disrespected. I'm rooting for him. And given all the BS that this guy has gone through this season alone with this organization, he deserves another opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And when I look at this team, uh, from Sunday, there's a lot of guys that I feel like should definitely be on this roster next year and should not be on the roster next year. Zach Foley still had a bad year. You sure about that? <laughs> well, when I when I say 
Well, we have to still fill a 53-man roster, and they don't have a lot of money to fill voids. True. Uh, but True. Zach Foden is a guy that does not need to be in Houston <laughs> next year. And I thought enough out of Charlie Heck to say to myself, uh, because he has some decent moments, he has some good moments, and he has some bad moments. But I saw enough of him to say to myself, I'm taking him over Zach Fulton. Agree, uh, agree. Ma- uh, Max Sharpen also played decently yesterday, and he struggled throughout the entire course of this year since he got injury and, injured and then got hit with the COVID. And Roger Johnson uh, as well. Even though he is, did give up a set, but Roger Johnson, I want to throw his name out there as well. Roger, Roger Johnson also had a, a, a good game. And, you know, saying Roger Johnson had a good game and also in the same mind, understanding that the Miami Dolphins have the number three pick, number four, three or four, it, it, make, it makes you wonder, my God, what is the worst move Bill O'Brien botched? Uh, but I, I want to I give kudos to one guy that I think undoubtedly deserves a chance to not only be on the roster next year, but to be a starter next year. What position on the offense struggled the entire year? Well, looking back how strong David Johnson finished the season, I would want to go out on the limb and say the tight end position. The tight end position is definitely uh, who I'm talking about. And I think Farrell Brown had himself a day. And mind you, they did play a terrible defense, right? The Tennessee Titans, as we talked um, with the Locked On Titans last week, they're not good on defense. But Farrell Brown had a very good outing. And he's a guy that I think can come back next year uh, be a, a very good contributor and possibly a starter on this offense, on this team, for whatever head coach and general manager that they bring in. Gosh, I cannot wait for them to get a GM. They are doing interviews this week. Right now, the Texans have already requested an interview with Seahawks exec Trent Kirshner uh, for their vacant GM job. And also, they've requested an interview with Ravens director of football research, Scott Cohen, for their uh, GM position. So the GM position for Houston is um, is a position that they need feel, in my opinion, before they get a head coach. And they have two uh, front office guys that have done a very good job uh, where they are. And they also interviewed Malik Boyd from the Buffalo Bills as well. Hey guys, when we first started off the show today, I told you guys about Bill Bar, how great Bill Bar is, but also left out some very important details that you need to know. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors, which includes my favorite, the caramel brownie, along with the cookies and cream. My grandmother loves that one. They still have the 12 original flavors, the raspberry, the German chocolate, along with the peanut butter. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft, and easy to chew. And this is for the healthy, conscious guy like myself who wants to lose weight but doesn't want to give up a lot of the sweets, right? You can lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and great for a keto diet. And here's another thing Bill Bar is doing for their customers right now. You get a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last, which is only for a few weeks or so. So, so go ahead and hop on that right now. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code Locked On to get $10 off your next order. 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Cody Davis Johnson, sports guy Hickman. Hey, guys, be sure to check out tomorrow's show. John kept hinting at it all throughout this episode that we're going to discuss the future of J.J. Watt, and we're actually going to do that on tomorrow. So please be sure to stick around for that. We have a lot to discuss about that. But for this final topic, man, what can you say about the Houston Texans 2020? Um, John, you called this one of the worst seasons in franchise history. I'm going to take it a step further and call it the worst season in franchise history. And I say that because, you know, record-wise, this is not the worst. This is actually tied for, I think, their second or third worst record in franchise history since they finished 4-12. and 12. Um, Their worst came in 2013 when they finished the year at 2-14. and 14. And the only reason why I would consider this season a little bit worse than 2013, yes, that was a season where they came off of being 12 and 4, and there was a lot of expectations surrounding the Texans that year. And then it's very disappointing that they went 2 and 14, but they had an excuse because all of their guys, like JJ Watt, like Aaron Foster, nearly all of their top guys were hurt. So it was like, okay, you get a pass because you cannot play with backups and and still be able to be that Super Bowl caliber team that you came into the season with. Even though we didn't have Super Bowl expectations for the Texans, this is still a disappointing team because we still thought at the end of the day, regardless of all the mismanagement that, that went on, we were fed, quote unquote, lies that I would like to say now, we really thought that we was gonna have a one competitive team. And even though we did, But this team was nowhere near close to making the playoffs. And I do want to say this before I give the mic over back to you, John. You know, regardless of everything that took place throughout these 16 weeks, I feel the Texans' fate this season was sealed the day that they traded away DeAndre Hopkins. And when you go back and reflect on how many close games the Texans lost this season, Hopkins would have been able to put Houston in a position where they would have got those wins. Because looking back on the season, they have had – Eight games decided by seven or less points. Not only did the Texans depart with one of the best wide receivers in the league, but they also departed with one of the best playmakers in the league. I'm glad you said that because (laughs) Sean Watson, man, this is, let me wrap up how great of a season it was for him. You know, personally, Deshaun Watson threw for a thousand extra yards this year with no DeAndre Hopkins. Do you guys understand that? Deshaun Watson's receivers to end the season was Brandon Cooks, Chad Hansen, Kiki QT, Stephen Mitchell Jr., uh, Jordan Aikens, Farrell Brown, Darren Fells. You know, it, he, he put up with so much throughout this season where you would think more than four wins came from it. But to wrap this entire season up, this season reminds me of whenever you had a long day And as you're pulling into your driveway, your bumper falls off. And it sends you through the roof. Like, it just, after everything, after game, after game, after game, after game, after game, I'm just tired. You know, watching this season for the Houston Texans and covering them was exciting. Let's not lie, because we had exciting games. We had exciting moments. There was a point in time where we thought Deshaun Watson was going to be able to wheel this team to a possible 
you know, seven seeded. They was able to string together a couple of games. And to your point, how many of those one-score games did Houston lose, right? How many of those one-score games did Houston lose in the Bill O'Brien four-game stretch? How many of those one-score games were decided by last bad possessions? This season was abysmal. This season was, you know, disappointing. It still was exciting, like I said, but this season can only be summed up by hitting your toe on the edge of the bed after a long day of getting chewed out by your manager. And that just sends you into a frenzy. You're pissed off because you had a long day. Now you, you hit your toe. That's what this season reminds me of. Uh, but now for Houston, the real season starts, and that's the offseason. Where can you really improve? A full in-depth analysis on who needs to go. Bring in the cap manager. Bring in somebody that knows how to work the cap officially. Pay them their money to do their job and don't bother. Uh, understand that there's a possibility that you will lose the best player in your franchise history. There will be a possibility that um, it's going to be difficult for you to re-sign players. But all in all, I want to say this. This season was an experiment that failed horribly. I'm Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Why don't you guys tell us how the season would be explained in your mind? Follow us on Twitter, like I said, at Locked On Texans, and like us on Facebook as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y. D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.